good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever in the world you might be. You know everything. I am Nicole BZ, and I had to get this one out because, my friend, if I hear someone else talk about quiet quitting one more time, I'm going to lose my shit because, firstly, this is nothing new. Secondly, this is fucking tragic. And third, the amount of conversations I had this week with bosses, business owners, the leaders, rebel, rule breakers, and visionaries that I get to work with (laughs) who might be quiet quitting themselves was a lot. And I'm still working on my studio. I'm still working on getting everything together. So this skews the visage. It's something new. I'm recording the video to this, which is equally exciting, but a little more pressure, especially when I want to be really like on the fly and tapping into all of the energy that's going on right now. And whenever you are listening to this, please know it is September 2022 when I am recording this. And I just finished a massive week of work with clients, meetings, business partners, all of the different collaborations and communities that I'm in. And I can tell you, people aren't freaking out. But you thought I was going to say something different, didn't you? But people are fucking tired. It's been a year. It's been a couple of years. It's been a decade. And whether you have been sprinting for the last 10 years or (laughs) you feel like you just kind of got back into the swing of things and everything is just way more difficult than it needs to be. Firstly, let me tell you, my friend, you are not alone. Like I said, this conversation was not just inspired, but provoked, compelled by all of the conversation I've been having this week. And so I just, I really felt obligated to get in here and tell you everyone's going through it right now. It's the middle of September. We're all realizing it's almost, it's basically, we're essentially into next year already. (laughs) It's either about to be the busiest part of your year or potentially the slowest part of your year, and you might be freaking out. Now throw into the mix, recession. Throw into the mix, depression. I did a little bit of research. I'm writing a big article right now, and the stats, ooh, they are, um... (laughs) They're a little sobering. So uh, this was a study conducted by Lyra, which is a mental health organization here in the United States. This was done with over a thousand different businesses. Interviewing, and this is why I thought this one was really interesting, interviewing both the business owner that were the CEO or and the employees. It also combined 250 mental health professionals. That uh, is, a, is a pretty big term and, and it included HR staff in this. So depending on your business size and depending on what it is exactly that you're doing, these stats likely include you, your job, the people working for you, your support staff, and the various organizations you might be working alongside in order to provide the best experience from your people. Now, something that's really also fascinating to me. This old adage, the customer is always right or the customer is number one, that died along with our work-life balance. (laughs) What employers and bosses, leaders and CEOs are realizing across all industries is the employee is actually number one. Because my friend, you ain't doing much if you don't have a team around you that doesn't want to support you anymore. And so for a lot of the leaders that I've been speaking with who are just quietly quitting 
on their own jobs and businesses, one of the challenges is they just feel totally unsupported. They don't feel like they can count on people. They feel like the work of the support they're getting is subpar. It's really affecting their ability to vision into what's going to happen next and lead their business. In fact, 75% of respondents have increased anxiety by over 20% in their day-to-day. I'll tell you what, if, like 1% is too much anxiety for me, let alone a 1% increase. So for anxiety to have increased across the board, it's a little bit insane. Stress, depression, and burnout have also gone up at least 5 to 10% for 100% of respondents. The data doesn't lie, my friends. And that's that's staggering. So it's one thing if you're experiencing this, but it's another if you're both experiencing these increases in stress, anxiety, burnout, and depression, and also leading a staff and a team that is all, like doing the exact same thing. So this, I think, is where this term quiet quitting really came from. And like, bravo to the marketer who came up with it. This is something that we've always, always been aware of, especially as a boss, is when people are just disengaged when you are disengaged. Now, 35% of respondents agreed that mental health directly impacts their work. And just a little more, a little more Nana for the nerds out there. This is impacting people from 25 to 35 the most. So 70% of those respondents were the ones that said mental health is directly related not only to their job performance, but also their willingness to stay with an employer. Now, the older we get, a little less importance on the benefits available at their employers, but people aged 35 to 54, still over half of those respondents are experiencing a dramatic increase in anxiety and also a 5 to 10% increase in depression, stress, and burnout. So this is something that we're all kind of going through right now. And (laughs) like... The thing that that I love about business, and I know you've heard me say this a million different times, is like in our personal lives, it's a little bit easier to compartmentalize. It's a little bit easier to push something to the side and just say, I'm not going to worry about this. When it comes to our work, it's it's a lot more difficult to do that, especially if you're the boss, especially if you're in charge and if this is your business and your company. So having said all that, I just wanted to kind of normalize the fact that if you're feeling that avoidant, if you're procrastinating at an unusually high level, if you're just feeling like, I don't give a shit, or maybe it's actually a little bit worse. Maybe you're starting to experience some significant panic, anxiety, burnout, but you still got to show up and get it done, right? I mean, that's the thing about being the boss. That's the thing about being a leader is you can't ignore these things and you also just can't not work. Now, I know there's a lot of people online and there's a lot of different types of businesses now that do truly enable people to just hit pause and just take a big step back. That may or may not be available to you in my life right now. And if you've been paying any attention, you know that I suddenly out of nowhere picked up to move to California. And I knew that this was going to impact my work and my life and my businesses and my teams. Now, already I am seeing some pretty dramatic results. I had one client 
roll off. They weren't interested in working with me while I was moving around, which is totally understandable. I have team taking time and vacations, which I very much encourage. And businesses, my financial consulting firm and real estate, the people that I'm working with are feeling, they're really feeling it, whether it's the burnout or the anxiety, especially with the looming recession. It's kind of all that they're talking about and thinking about. It's definitely keeping people up at night. It's affecting people's physical health. And in fact, the World Health Organization actually released some data this year that depression is the leading cause of physical injury and ailment in the world. So that's a really new data set that I think when we really start to think about like how our mental health is actually affecting our physical body, it becomes pretty obvious that this is going to be a significant impact on our work and our performance. Now, that was like a lot of science and data through all that. Like I said, I'm kind of in the middle of working on this article and like some people really like the stats and data. So I just kind of wanted to paint this picture, this very hyper-realistic picture apparently of what's kind of going on. And also just call to your attention, even if you feel like I'm doing just fine, the people working with you are probably actually, according to statistics, if 50% of people between the ages of 35 and 54 are experiencing increased levels of anxiety. That's one out of two people, my friend. So if you're the one that's doing good, the data suggests that at least the other person you're talking to, if you you can't see me, if you're just listening, but I'm pointing at you, my friend, uh, one of us is feeling a very high sense of anxiety and or depression, stress and burnout. And we're still working. So with that, what I really wanted to talk about today is what can you do if you are burnt the fuck out and you need to show up? So I did release a previous podcast episode called Burnout, Not Just That Dude You Dated in College. Listen to that. I know I talk about the energetics of burnout there. This is going to be a little bit more about how can you show up and actually do your best work even when you're exhausted. And so to kind of conclude my story about where I'm at right now, I have become a full-time caretaker. And I'm not just taking care of my mom. I'm also managing the emotions of my family members of her community and network that are coming to terms with the fact that things have significantly changed and are deteriorating rapidly. I am also in the process of rolling out a ton of new opportunities in my business, the first of which you might not be surprised. It's all about energy. I'm calling it the Biz Boost. It's launching probably when you're reading this. I think it's or when you're reading this. When you're listening to this, it's going to be open. It's all happening in my Discord community. I'm going to be including a link to that in this podcast and all of my podcast show notes. It is free to join the Discord to participate in the Biz Boost. Check out the link as a part of these show notes. And what the Biz Boost is all about is giving you a boost in your business. And it addresses the energetics behind money communication, relationships, time, and growth. So wherever you're at, they're little two-minute exercises. They're really meant to just be about 10 minutes a day of just different things you can do that are free, that are immediate, that are available, because I usually do this in January, but I had to kind of speed it up this year. It just feels like the right time. So I wanted to make sure that I was giving everybody a resource to really support them as we buckle down and buckle up for the rest of this motherfucking year. So first and foremost, what do you do? Like, what do you do when you feel like, I I really, I just, I can't even... And this technique has been working really well with my clients very recently. And it's something I've talked a lot about, but 
truly and almost abruptly give yourself permission to stop. And I'm not saying like stop forever. I obviously just would have contradicted myself if I'm telling you some of us can't just take a break and go on vacation and hit pause because then the work doesn't happen, then the money doesn't come in and the problems get worse, right? But what I mean is imagine just for five or 10 minutes, really sit here. You can even hit pause in this and just play it through. You don't have to. You could quit. You could get up and walk away right now. Watch that scene. How does it feel? For some of my clients, it scared the shit out of them when they thought about it. For others, it felt like freedom. I'm not telling you that you need to do whatever it is you imagine or play through, but what would happen? Notice how you feel when you actually think that thing through. Oftentimes, it's the resistance that's making things so difficult. I have to. I have to record 100 videos <laughs> in the next two weeks. I've recorded 10 of them. I thought I would be able to record 30 in the same amount of time. So, you know, it's potentially not going well. I also moved interstate and declared homelessness before finding a place that I could stay for the next few months. It's all like putting a spanner in the works. I have tons of emails to write, tons of clients to work with. I am wanting to get all my branding on point. And like, that's just my coaching business. And the financial consulting firm, we're doing our 2023 strategy. We've got a new salesperson we're onboarding. We're looking at new accountants and new clients, new a whole new offering in terms of 90-day like analysis that we're doing. So, you know, there's a lot of that happening. In real estate, the church development project, although not my primary focus now, I've I've delegated that to the team. That's still happening. <laughs> like Believe me, my friend, there is a lot. And if I could just sleep all day, I absolutely would. So what happens if I do? When I play that scene through, I know exactly what it looks like. And honestly, it doesn't actually feel that good. I'm really genuinely excited about my work and I love my work. So the first step is just kind of going, okay, I'm going to release resistance to whatever it is that I'm fighting and just see, see what happens, see what starts flowing. If you can play that through and pretend, well, what if I don't have to dot, 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 and you just get to focus it on the want to's or the could be's or the passion projects, things will shift. That's what we call playing with energy as you start tuning into what opens up, what makes it easier. You know, my favorite question from Gary Kelly, what's the next best thing I could do to make everything else easier or potentially unnecessary? Play with it. Really look at what you're resisting. And how can you accept the reality as it is rather than wishing it were a different way, thinking about things that have happened in the past or hyper-focusing on things that have not happened yet? Take a deep breath. I need a deep breath after that. <laughs> so another, I think, elephant in the room is what if you're at crisis point? So the client that walked away from me, like everything's going really well right now. They don't need their coach right now. And she actually said, what if we just hit pause? What if we circle back in six months? Okay, that could really work. Unfortunately, and what my sense is, is we're waiting for a crisis. We are waiting for something really bad to go wrong because for some reason we've been told we only need support. We only need to get the experts in or to spend additional money and invest in our business when a crisis shows up. Now, the problem is, is when a crisis shows up, you are at a 90%, 99%. You might not even have the capacity to really workshop things and find new, creative, innovative, 
game-changing solutions for yourself. So if you're in crisis, simply recognize that you are at capacity. It is going to be very challenging to find creative, innovative, game-changing solutions. When we're in crisis mode, our focal point narrows to like that, that very specific pain point. That, my friend, is what you need to focus on if you are in crisis. If this feels like depression as opposed to just underlying stress and or burnout, do whatever it is that you need to do to focus on that one particular pain point and address it. Risk mitigation. If what's coming up in terms of the economic situation or the political situation is spinning you out and affecting your profit, affecting your margins, your top line revenue, the sales and numbers coming through the door, I can tell you under that level of stress, you're not, you're not going to be able to work at your highest and best. That's okay. <laughs> like survival is very different than thriving. So let me just take one moment to say, I'm very sorry if that's what you're experiencing. It is really, really fucking hard. When I found out, I shouldn't say when I found out because my mom's been sick for a while, right? But when I came to terms with the fact that this situation had become a crisis and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of freaking out trying to figure out what to do next. What can I throw money at? Who can I hire? What teams and resources and experts can I call? And my partner just said, you just need to be there immediately. Immediately everything shifted. And that's what I talk about with flow. I was suddenly able to go, oh, I'm going to give myself permission to do the next best thing that's easier, that makes everything potentially unnecessary. If I'm there, it's going to firstly reduce my stress and anxiety levels dramatically, but it also is going to give me direct access to the problem. So I was talking with another client last week who was really, really down in the dumps. Their latest program that they had launched, they have a, a big office. I mean, they look corporate for all intents and purposes. They're in science and like weather, <laughs> if you will, um, out of Golden, Colorado. And they have launched a new initiative to really work on like skills and development and empowerment in the workplace. Diversity and inclusion was their main driver. And no one had signed up for this program. They'd been working on it for years. They'd been working with local institutions and partners to really make it a dynamic offering. And it it got crickets. And so firstly, they were just really, really, really disappointed. This was a passion project for them. It was something that was really important. They felt like it would be a huge value add to their team and to their people. And when no one signed up for it, it was kind of kind of heartbreaking. And so firstly, you just got to accept and deal with like the story that you're telling yourself about that. Because at the end of the day, you're launching another work initiative or potentially a program or product or sales. And if this is something that is that important to you and you did the research and the data, it's not what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. And so we can so often let a molehill become a mountain because the very first iteration didn't work. And if you've been listening to me ever at all, you know, we always iterate and improve and go back to the drawing board and test one variable to see what was the real problem here. So first ask yourself, what's the story you're telling yourself about the situation? Because usually we're saying it's something about us. Believe me, you, my friend, and my client was like, you know what, let's just hit pause for a couple months and circle back and just see where we're both at. My initial response is, I fucked up. I'm not a great coach. They don't see the value in me. Is that true? 
how true is that? Firstly, I could ask the client, but secondly, that's a little insecure and needy, right? <laughs> like that's my own fear and wounds and you know, who the fuck else know what's going on coming up. So when I really sat with it, it was like, yeah, this client really likes proximity. I'm not in proximity any longer. And the initial arrangement that we had discussed had been affected. So what if I just look at it simply as a, well, let's circle back and see when I'm in Colorado again. Oh, that felt amazingly better. Even just saying that right there felt incredibly objective and pragmatic. And when I was able to communicate that with the client, they were like, yeah, sounds fantastic. Wishing you all the best. Easy peasy. Not worrying about that anymore, right? So with the other client who had rolled out this new initiative, once we sort of just dealt with the energetics and the feelings behind it, we were able to kind of look at, well, when have you rolled other things out? How has staff responded in the past? And what we realized is this felt so out of the ordinary. Let's look at the tech. <laughs> We've realized that this, the invitations had all been sent by email and there was an issue with IT and the email server internally at work had for some reason rejected the email because my client had actually sent it. They were working on it from home at, you know, really late at night and had sent it from their personal email address. And for whatever reason, the security in their IT department had flagged it and it just hadn't gone out. And because it had also happened on the weekend, IT had just not gotten to it yet. And so then we got to really work on the fact that, you know, why is my client working late at eight on a weekend when their goal is to not work weekends and work less than 40 hours a week? Hmm. Sounds like an old habit dying hard that has actually been officially been brought up to the surface so that we can really workshop what's going on behind the scenes. <sighs> Point being, if you are in crisis, look at the actual pain point that is aggravating you and address it. It's all you need to worry about. Oftentimes, the overwhelm, the apathy, the quiet quitting, the disengagement can show up because there's so much to do. We don't know where to start. And honestly, that's a bad habit. That is a default tendency. That is a stress response potentially even a trauma response, because what you're doing is you're giving yourself permission to pause. You're giving yourself permission to take a break by thinking about all of the things. And it's actually impossible to do everything at once. We can only ever actually do one thing at a time. So pick a thing and do it. And it might not even have to be like the focal point of pain. It could be something like really fun and easy just to get that momentum going. Okay. Now, the second leading cause of quiet quitting is being inauthentic with your work. And what's happening is like we're feeling disengaged because it's not us. And so whether we've evolved in our skill set and our values and what we want to be showing up with as a leader or simply the focal point of our work has changed, maybe we pivoted, maybe we hired some new people, maybe we took on something that we are no longer really wanting to do, whatever it might be, Look at what you're doing. Does it light you up? If it's draining, how are you approaching and organizing your day around the draining activities and the expansive activities? Now, I know we're not all going to be able to do whatever the fuck we want all day long. I think that's totally possible. But in the interim, get really clear on how you're organizing your work and your day and your week and your life. If you're anything like me, I like to get 
I like to get those draining hard work things out of the way as quickly as fucking possible. And a lot of different like productivity, you know, habits, mindset people will suggest, like put the most important thing on your list and get it done first or front load your day or your week with those activities so that you can get them done. Reward yourself. So do the hard thing and then give yourself the fun thing or a fun reward. This isn't, I'm not like reinventing the wheel here with these ideas, but what I am suggesting is the way that you work is going to be different and different activities are going to affect you at different times and impact your engagement. And so you might not be an accountant or a bookkeeper or a numbers person, but as the leader, as the boss, as the the person taking responsibility for something, you might need to be looking at the fucking data. <laughs> you might need to be looking at the fucking bottom line, okay? And if that shit stresses you out, there are a million different ways to workshop it. We can talk about that total blue in the face. But what I'm suggesting in this moment is just bring awareness to the things that you're avoiding, the things that you hate doing, the things that are just fucking busy work or stressful, like email, <laughs> And ask yourself, like, how am I fucking approaching this? Why am I creating so much chaos and so much busy in my work and in my day to day? Okay. Now, in terms of authenticity, are you the only one that can be doing this? Is there an app for that? Is there an automation or AI? Is there a better person who actually loves doing this shit? There are. There is. Or don't fucking do it. I always say if it's been on my to-do list for two months and it hasn't happened, it is going away. It can go on another list, like when I have the capacity or space or when I'm not in fucking crisis mode or overwhelmed. But for the most part, like if I keep moving something to the bottom of my to-do list or it keeps going on to the next to-do list, it is not a priority. (laughs) Okay? So release it. Release it from your life. If it hasn't gotten done in two months, it's probably not that fucking important unless we're talking about your taxes and then figure your shit out, my friend. And that's what I mean by like schedule the activities. So if you know me and the profit first system on the 10th and the 25th, you're working on your treasury and your cash flow. Remember, if you've ever got questions, if you ever want me to do a deep dive, I make this podcast for you. So you can email hello at nicolebz.com and ask me to expand on any of the things that I brought up that you want more clarity on. Also, check out the Biz Boost. We talk about money. We talk about energy. We talk about mindset. We talk about communication and relationships and team building. And these are simple two-minute activities that you can do right motherfucking now for free. That was the whole point. Is I don't need to overwhelm you with another 45-minute how-to or systems structure deep dive. It's like in two minutes, you can shift everything about your day, your business, your life. In terms of authenticity as well, another little hot tip, and this sounds so cheeseball, blue AF, sorry, not sorry, find the joy. Do you know why I love money so much? Because it connects me to everything I want to do. It is a fantastic tool. It is a choice agent. It is the freedom provocateur. So I used to have this like really dirty relationship with it. I had a lot of guilt. I had a lot of resistance. I had a lot of judgment. I had all the fucking stories of having grown up from like two very different lineages. My mother's family had a lot of money. My dad's family had nothing. There was a lot of shame around wealth and like just all of the stories around money. And working through each of that, healing that in myself, but really just coming to terms with the fact that 
money is inherently valueless. It's the value that we attribute to it. And ultimately, I am offering solutions for people. And the only way that I can do that is through using technology, through using platforms, through creating as much awareness as possible. And money is a fantastic tool for that. There's no energy in it. The only energy that money has is the money that I attribute to it. So what I realize is if I think about traveling, if I think about being able to move closer to my mom or to spend three months with a friend who's really sick so I could help her and her kids, money makes all of that possible. I start to get really excited. Every time, you know, I've got my bills on auto pay. That's awesome. I don't have to think about that. That's because of money. I like paying taxes. That means I made money. So like, how can you reframe the things that you hate doing so you can approach them from an angle that actually feels fun and joyful? Now, a different way of thinking about it is what can you do every damn day to experience joy? For some people, it's exercise. For other people, it's getting outside. For some, it's cuddling a dog or a kid or a partner. For some, it's reading books. Hi. <laughs> but if you're feeling apathetic, depressed, anxious, if you're feeling truly depressed, clinically depressed, it's going to be really fucking challenging to find joy in anything. And I highly suggest you get some emotional support for that. If you're noticing that all of the things that used to bring you joy don't do that anymore, that's a potential indicator to something pretty heavy going on. It also just might mean you're fucking bored and you need to try something new. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to get out of a rut. I'm looking at a golf course right now and like, I don't know how to play golf, but watching people just walk around all day outside, hitting something real small, with real hard. <laughs> sounds cathartic if you ask me. I like being outside. Maybe I should take a golf lesson. You know, I mean, that's how you discover things that are new. Follow that pink. That thing that you're like, oh, that might be cool. Actually do it. Find a class, find a meetup, find an online resource, put it on your calendar and get it done. And if you're not doing that, explore why. Might be self-worth, might be self-love, might be something else going on. I know a really great coach. Um, but find joy and schedule it into your day like you would brushing your teeth and going to the bathroom. Joy can be that automatic. And I just had to think about it, but I'm pretty sure I have managed to find the joy in every single thing that I do. Fun is my number one, closely followed by freedom. If I'm not honoring my values and, and living my values, then firstly, I'm a massive fucking hypocrite fraud and you shouldn't be listening to this. But secondly, like that's how I accomplish and achieve everything in my life. That's interesting. I thought that was not you not disturb. Find your joy and make it happen every day. That is actually the cheat sheet to overcoming apathy in your experience. Put some fire in your, oh, light your fire. How about that? Spark. Ignite your spark. <laughs> Put that pet back in your step, right? Actually, okay, wait, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I've talked a lot about this. You might just be evolving and changing. That's something that I know I'm personally going like, I feel like I'm changing and evolving at such a rapid rate that things I said yes to three months ago don't feel authentic and in alignment. I'm doing air quotes if you can't see me. That's okay too. Continually readdress who you are and who it is that you want to be. And so this is the last, last thing I'm going to say about this. 
that future version of you that's on the other side of this experience, the apathy, the overwhelm, the anxiety, the depression, the problem, the crisis, like that version of you isn't fucking worried about this shit. They're not stressing about whatever it is that's coming up for you when I say that. So think about the biggest problem you have right now. Think about the thing you're avoiding the most. The thing you resent might be a relationship. What are you talking about and investing your energy in that you don't even want to be part of your experience? What? <laughs> yeah, you're feeding it. So that future version of you, it doesn't exist for them anymore, right? The thing that you, the place that you keep wishing you were or the things you keep wishing you had, step into that experience where you are that person that's not doing this anymore, that has the thing that you want, whatever it is that you're wishing, they have it. Now, how would they handle this situation? Do they even have the space or capacity for it? Do they even care? They know. They know the answers to your questions. You can ask them. So when you find yourself in a default, reactive response, where you're doing that thing you do all the time, whether it's ruminating or worrying or avoiding or distracting yourself, try something different. Give yourself the challenge to create a new reality where you don't fucking do this anymore. Pretend, pretend, just imagine for the next five minutes, it's all good. What does that mean? What does that look like? How do you feel? And like, close your eyes, feel it in every cell of your body. Remember that time when you actually felt that thing. Hit pause. Fucking do it. This is your opportunity. Pattern interrupt. Are you feeling it? If not, hit pause. Okay. I'm going to trust you're feeling it now. What would you do next? Are you going to do the hard thing? Are you going to do something super fun and awesome? Let yourself get back to the hard thing or just drop the hard thing altogether? Yesterday, I was freaking out because I ended up at my mom's a lot longer than I wanted to. And the old version of me would really stress out and say that I have to do all the hard things and I have to stay up really late. And instead, I ordered Chinese takeout and I thought about the book I could read or the TV show that I could watch. And instead, I just got in bed and went to sleep. And sleep is a massive trigger for me when I suffered from clinical depression and anxiety, I would spend weeks, weeks sleeping, never getting out of bed. So anytime I want to go to sleep outside of my like sleep cycle that I have, it kind of freaks me out. But I was like, well, the version, this, this version of me has plenty of time to sleep, doesn't use alarms, doesn't believe in time, <laughs> right? I make my own time. So I went to sleep. And then my alarm went off and I was still tired. So I slept for a couple more hours. Then I got up and I kicked some motherfucking ass, y'all. I recorded a ton of video content. I got my Discord completely ready. It's all happening. Like I'm recording this freaking podcast episode. So I just share that. And I would go through the like 13 different conversations that I had last week and then one yesterday with clients that we went through all of this together and the results have been unbelievable. Everyone is kind of on cloud nine right now and really excited about everything that's going on, which is why I wanted to share with you today. So thank you very much for sticking it out, for tuning in. Hopefully your energy has shifted just listening to this, but also 
totally cool if you're like, ugh, I don't want to do the thing. I was listening to this to be distracted and now you're challenging me to get back to it. I totally get it, my friend. You have full permission to play it through. Do whatever it is that you need to do. Give yourself the next 15 minutes, 30 minutes, three hours, whatever feels like a number that you can take a break. One of the other things that if you've been listening to any of the Quantum Business Book Club episodes, every single one of those books talks about taking a day to be spontaneous, to try something new, get out of your own way. The way to create new neural pathways and synapses in your brain is to do things differently, to think about things differently, to connect new thoughts to new emotions. So do, do the thing that would surprise you when you stop listening to this. Do the unexpected thing. Report back. I would love to hear from you. If this episode has been useful, if you know someone who is quiet quitting, <laughs> share this with them. If you're looking for a boost, check out the Biz Boost in the Discord. Join the Discord so that you can find out about all the fun things that I'm going to be rolling out over the next couple of weeks and months. And I love you. Wishing you all the best. <laughs>